From the Bob Marley Studio in Orlando, Florida, you're listening to The Diz Unplugged. Hello and welcome to the Diz Unplug Roundtable Discussion for July 30th, 2008. I'm your host, Pete Werner, joined each week by my good friends, Julie Martin, Corey Martin, Kevin Close, and John Magi. In the peanut gallery this week, Teresa Eccles. And joining us at the table is Julie's sister, Taylor, Taylor Glass. And they're going to be telling us a little bit about their experience at the Grand Floridian Tea a bit later on. And in our final Christmas in July segment this week, we're going to discuss Christmas on board the Disney Cruise Line, as well as a recap of our favorite Don't Miss Holiday events. And we will be giving away more prizes this week. We gave away a podcast cruise last week, and we're hoping that we get to give another one away today. All that plus this week's news and roundtable rapid fire on this edition of the Diz Unplugged. Do we have any housekeeping this week? I don't have anything like pressing. I don't either. Yeah, I don't think we do. No? No? I don't. We didn't screw up. We didn't have to. I wouldn't say that. (laughs) (laughs) far. Because we have nothing we need to apologize about. Yeah, really. I apologize for not being here last week, but thank you, Peter, for letting me have the day off. (laughs) No problem. We enjoyed it. We crafted. You were doing crafts? Yes. (laughs) How cute. (laughs) All right, well, then we'll uh, just go ahead and get started with the news. Our first news story this week. Uh, According to Forbes magazine, Wall Street may want to rethink their predictions about Disney's business. According to the article, Disney has exceeded analyst expectations by 13% over the last two quarters. Theme park attendance has been up an estimated 3% in each quarter. And uh, the uh, hotel occupancy rates have been averaging around 89%, which is just incredible. Uh, however, due to concerns about the worsening economy, Disney has lowered their earnings forecast for next year. But some analysts are now considering Disney stock a good buy in the long term with good profit margins over the next few years. I mean, we really haven't seen much of a – I mean, does any, are we seeing any, really, any real impact yet here? on the economy? I mean – We see more talk than anything. Exactly. We, hear, we hear a lot of talk. But I got to tell you, you know, boots on the ground. I mean, we're seeing people in the parks. Things are busy. The hotels are full. I'm hearing that 2008, most people have already planned it so that it's not uh, impacting 2008 much at all. 2009 is a wait and see what happens kind of thing where we might see it in the future. But I'm not seeing any of it. One of the things we do see on the boards, a lot of people are reporting that they're able to get their ADRs um, for the end of the year fairly easily. A couple people have said they were surprised they got La Cellier and Cinderella's Royal Table and things like that. So maybe that's the indication. Maybe after free dining ends, well, you know, that period will be more slow but than But you usual. would just think, based on the news and based on what you're hearing on the news, that it should all be... I mean, we should all be screaming poverty here. It's all very grapes of wrath on well, the news. It is. It's terrible. Well, it's, I, think, I think in general, people have a sense of caution. Are they being cautious about certain things because they're unsure of what the economy is going to bring? So I think you see a lot more people not, you know, making those big purchases and stepping right in right away. But once they know that everything's okay, then they're all right with taking their vacation and spending that money. I also think people see that Disney is a value vacation. While it's expensive, there's a value for your dollar. There is. 
there it I'm is. always surprised with this stock. The stock amazes me. Why why it doesn't do better than it does just makes me crazy. Because it every year it's growth on growth. It's um, uh, good returns on the investment. It doesn't make any sense to me why that stock isn't higher than it is. Well, and I think there's a lot of these Wall Street analysts who are going to end up with egg on their face for saying that Disney was not going to be able to weather this well. I think they are going to weather whatever economic stuff comes down the pike. I think they're going to weather it very well because I think they learned their lesson after 9-11 about what they need to do when they're, get, they're hit with a, an unforeseen financial crisis in the country and what they need to do to adjust their business to get people in here. Because once they did that, I mean, their attendance numbers just kept going up and up and up with the packages and the specials and the, all, the, all the new stuff. So I don't know. One of the things they they credit this too is that Disney now has more affordable hotel rooms on property. Yeah. There's a point in time where there was very expensive hotel rooms. Now you have much more of the value in the budget resorts that allow more people to be able to spend. Yeah, I forgot what the uh, I I had read that that I forgot what the percentage was of uh, uh, value to deluxe rooms, but there was a pretty high percentage of value rooms. I was surprised by it, and yet it has changed a great deal since the 1990s. So. That's what I'm saying is that, you know, you hear about all this stuff and you go into the parks and... And it's not just like, theme parks. I mean, you guys went to see Wally. We went to see Wally. The theater was empty when we went, but still it did gross, it did record numbers its opening weekend. However, we went to see it at like 1047 yeah, a.m. That's because I don't like people. <laughs> but even, I mean, we went Friday night. Yeah, right around 7 o'clock. The theater was pretty packed. I mean, I didn't expect for there to be that many people in there. And I don't know about prices around the country, but in Orlando, it's expensive to go to the movies. It's like nine fifty now a person. It's crazy. So you think about the economy, you think that would be one of the first things to go. But yeah, we'll see what happens. But and look, I, I don't mean to suggest here that there aren't people who are feeling the effects of the economy right now. Um, I'm not trying to diminish that in any way, shape, or form, or say that it's not going on. I'm just saying that it's not. We're not seeing the impact here. Thankfully, right now, we're not seeing the impact here. The way the news would have you believe we should be. Yeah, if we, Before we go, I'm sorry. If we felt it or saw it, I think we'd have to put the prize Matron on a top shelf somewhere away from the recording oh, studio. God, God forbid. <laughs> God forbid. It's super glued to the table. <laughs> we just have to change the prizes. Get a styrofoam you cup. Have, you have won a plate. <laughs> Before we go any further, only because I don't have any place else to put this, and you mentioned people getting ADRs. Disney is changing their ADR system. Right now, you can only book through the beginning or the middle of January of 2009. That's going to be up until the end of October. The only restaurants that that's not true at are Victoria and Albert's, Cinderella's Royal Table, and Chef Mickey's. You can still make them 180 days out. But if you're traveling, you can only go through the middle of January. Is this your rapid fire? No, this is something, and I don't have another place to put it. I think that's also part of why you're seeing uh, availability open up. Mm -hmm. I think Disney has absolutely listened. I don't know if it's to us or if it's just, as they say, guest feedback, but it seems that they're doing away with that stupid ADR system where if there's a table for four available, they tell a party of two that the restaurant is full. Oh, good. It seems that they're they're now telling you what real-time availability is. And how many seats are available. Somebody on the boards gave the experience that they called for a seat at Teppanito 
and was told there's only one seat available at that time, which means that they're actually counting the people at the tables and yeah. telling you how many seats are available as opposed to telling you there's nothing that's available. That's great. So I'm hoping that that's a change for the better. That would be a great change for the better if that's what they're doing. We can stop telling them how stupid their system is. <laughs> <laughs> so well, we'll see what happens. Well, thank you for adding that in, Kevin. Uh, our next news story, Universal Simpsons Ride, according to an article in the Orlando Business Journal, the new Simpsons Ride has reached its one millionth rider as of July 15th, after only two months in operation. It has achieved this milestone faster than any other ride in Universal's history. Simpsons Ride was also recently voted Best New Theme Park Attraction for 2008 by ThemeParkInsider.com. So, Good for them. Simpsons has been an unqualified hit for them. They've knocked it out of the park. All all the feedback we hear about it from the people who are going on it are just they're like their minds are blown. And so I'm glad it's doing well for yeah. them. They really needed they really needed this. It really yeah. is a great ride. It is a terrific ride. Now all the other theme parks have to do is figure out how to fit Batman and Heath Ledger into their ride. Yeah, really. <laughs> Three hundred million dollars in ten days. They right. said it's very possible night. that it will pass or surpass Titanic. Well, that's amazing. That's amazing. I haven't seen it yet, so I no, can't No, neither have I. And, um, we definitely want to see it. Batman is my favorite uh, comic hero or whatever. I'm afraid to see it at this point because I'm afraid no matter what I go and see, it's not going to live up to this hype. Mm. The hype is just, I mean, they, it's like, they're saying it's like, re, you know, you hear people saying it's redefined cinema. Okay, well, okay, that's a lot. <laughs> that's a big, tall order there, you know? If you, so, I don't know. I don't know, but I would like to see it on the big screen, though, before it before it leaves theaters, but I have a feeling it's going to be in theaters for a very long time. It keeps making money, so. And uh, Wally, what is, what, what is that up to now? That did, that did extremely well. Seven or eight dollars. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, don't know. <laughs> I think it had passed 200 million. Yeah, it's huge. It I'm passed sure. 200 million. It was a huge hit for them, so. Was that the sixth one in a row for Pixar? No. They had Meet the Robinsons in there. Yeah, that made seven that. or eight dollars. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that means no. Me. That one still did well. It was like forty bucks. <laughs> it's no, funny. they're all they're all over a hundred million. What? All their films are over a hundred million. They really take off when they go overseas, like um, uh, Ratatouille. He was they, they did well here, but once it hit overseas, it was tremendous. So, who knows what it's going to do? Yeah. And an interesting article in the Wall Street Journal this week talks about the impact rumors of a Disney park in Shanghai on mainland China is having on the local residents. People are apparently buying up land, building onto their houses, sometimes in violation of local zoning laws. I thought that was really funny. And planting, and planting trees, all because they think they're go- their homes are going to be forced uh, to relocate and their ho- the, the homes are going to be bought up to make way for a Disney theme park. The reason they're adding trees is because... The government pays more depending on how many trees you have on your property. Oh One guy was interviewed as saying, I'm planting trees because I know Disney's going to want trees when they buy my property. Yeah. No, Disney's going to bulldoze your property. <laughs> now, what's funny <laughs> is... Pour concrete. Yeah, exactly. But what's funny is that most of the people in Shanghai never heard of Disney before like two weeks ago. I mean, the rumors have been there for a long time that Shanghai was going to be the location of a park in mainland China. And they've been trying for... 10, 12 years now to get that to happen, and the talks always broke down. But according to this article in the Wall Street Journal, talks started up again recently, very quietly. 
and they've made a lot of progress, and now they're like getting down to like dotting the I's and crossing the T's, that sort of stuff. I remember a couple of weeks ago, my rapid fire was talking about this. No, it wasn't. And then right after that, all these articles came out where Disney was denying it, denying it, and now it's back on the table. But um, what I think is really funny is people are when you say they're adding onto their houses, they're like putting a lean to. Oh yeah, the house. they're putting like a shack. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. Because <laughs> that's going to make it more valuable. We should warn the people in Branson, Missouri, that that rumor is dead. Yeah, <laughs> really. <laughs> Don't plant any trees. But um, yeah, they're they're expecting because the government, while the government can uh, exercise eminent domain over property uh, for building projects like this, the law also requires that the government has to compensate people for it. So this is kind of being looked at as a. Uh, you know, investment. They're an investment. investment. Yeah. So basically. apparently, there are no large parcels of land left. In I'm Shanghai. guessing not. I'm, I'm <laughs> guessing all of Shanghai is going to become a Disney theme park <laughs> with lots of trees. <laughs> I wonder what's going to happen to the not Disney uh, theme park in where oh, was it? Yeah. China. In it's China. In China somewhere. Is that what it's called? Not Disney. That's what I call it. <laughs> not Disneyland. But the freaky uh, looking Mickey Mouse. Oh yeah, that was so. Very interesting. It looks like uh, there could be something in the very near future, some kind of uh, announcement from Disney that there will be a park on mainland China. And what that's going to mean for Hong Kong, I don't know, since Hong Kong is already struggling. That theme park is struggling like crazy, and uh, they've yet to make a profit on it. By the way, the people on the boards are requesting that we start talking about Tokyo Disney and Disneyland Paris, and I just want to go on record. Yeah, I know. You're a volunteer to go. Okay. Well, when one of our listeners sends us, yeah, yeah. exactly, who's going to front the money? I will be more than happy to. Uh, I just I'll be want it out more there. More than happy to go. So, all right. Well, that's going to do it. Actually, this week we we're kind of we had no housekeeping, so we're we're fast. We're, we're ahead we're, of time. Should we we're sing? Way ahead of time. <laughs> oh, Taylor, do you know any songs? <laughs> no. <laughs> She's like no. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> We have a mall here First in the area called Florida Mall, and Florida Mall has a full-time harpist at this point. And every time I go in, it's like he relocates to the door I go into. <laughs> we were in the other day in a completely different area of the mall, and there he was waiting for me. It must be. He must be a podcast listener. He must be. He's waiting for John in Florida Mall, and we know how much John likes malls. Yeah. All the people. <laughs> All right, well, that'll do it for the news this week. We're going to move on to rapid fire. And who would like to go first? I'll go first. My rapid fire is about an event that was just announced, and it's happening on Disney Cruise Line. The October 26th four-night sailing is going to have an art showcase event with Don Ducky Williams. It will be $65 per person if you would like to attend the event. There will be a reception, a meet and greet. There will be an artist signing, uh... There'll be a seminar and workshops with Mr. Williams, and you will receive, and this is a quote, art, a gift of exclusive artwork. That's what, Ooh. exactly. So he's going to doodle on a napkin and hand it to you. <laughs> really? So if you're on the October 26th sailing or a fan of Don Ducky Williams and want to go on the October 26th sailing, the cost is $65 per person, and all you have to do is let Disney Cruise Line know or your travel agent, and they can sign you up for that. Am I a bad Disney fan for not knowing who Don Ducky Williams is? You're somebody who hasn't been on a cruise lease recently. Look apparently. on your wall. Oh, is that him? Yep. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a picture of him. It's a picture he... Yeah, I mean, he has a lovely dress on. 
<laughs> Mr. Williams is a Disney artist, and what he does is he is on the Disney Cruise Line all the time. He does a lot of Disney Cruise Line's artwork, exclusive artwork. And when he's on the cruise, he will they'll they'll announce that he's in a certain area, and he'll draw a character for you. Usually, it's for children. You should, or when Kevin pushes them out of the way. <laughs> I didn't push. I got in line. However, I wasn't letting any of them in line ahead of me. I waited my turn. <laughs> Did you get anything? Did I do. I have a Tinkerbell drawing. I think Regina does, too, and Donna. Cool. I have something I want to add on to that. Um, the August 28th sailing is going to feature the cast from The Sweet Life of Zack and Cody. Do you know who they are? Dylan and Cole Sprouse? I guess. I don't know. <laughs> she is correct. She is correct. Um, the sailing, they're uh, going to be taping a special spinoff of their popular show, and that's going to be broadcast on September 26th. So if you're on the August 28th sailing, you can be there with the cast of Zach and Cody Do Something. I actually had a two-parter. Did you? The other one is very... It's very current. If you're going to be here August 1st or 2nd, and when this show goes up... You will have to be here in town. Uh, One of Disney's artists, Disney Design Group, Randy Noble, will be releasing three new artworks at the Downtown Disney Art of Disney. Three new artworks? Three new artworks. And the paintings sell for several thousand dollars. However, I believe the word is jacli. I don't know if I'm saying that right. If I'm not, don't write to me. I don't really care. Uh, But there's going to be those, and those will only be a couple of hundred dollars. But he's going to be there signing the artworks. But it is August 1st and 2nd from 6.30 to 8.30. He's releasing a figment artwork, a Tinkerbell artwork, and a painting of Walt himself with Mickey. Cool. Thank you very much, Kevin. John? My additional rapid fire is uh, theage.com is announcing that um, Melbourne... Australia is going to be one of the states that are going to be represented in this year's Food and Wine Festival. Cool. Which should be really cool. This has not been officially announced yet, but the other cities that are going to be going along with that are New Orleans, Copenhagen, and Rio de Janeiro. Wow. Good choices. Very Very good choices. When my baby smiles Um, at me, I go to Rio. Honestly, (laughs) I'm, I'm very excited about Rio. I think that would be very cool. Yeah. Hopefully they'll do it well. Hopefully it won't be... I know. You know, like the pear exhibit. I hope I'm impressed. <laughs> oh <my> pear exhibit. <laughs> Bob was world, world fascinated. By oh my this is rapid fire Bob for like six weeks. Bill. I actually have a prop from him. I'm sure he does. Um, one of the interesting things, though, this article talks yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the interesting things this article talks about is the process they have to go through. And part of the process is they have to bid to be part of this event at the Food and Wine Festival. <laughs> and it costs them $800,000 Damn. to win the spot. Really? That mm-hmm. much? Isn't that great? And their tourism board is very, very upset. Because it's like, look at all this money we spent on this one event. But they think that it's going to bring in that much more tourism. I hope so. You think those pair of so. people paid $800,000? No. Well, that makes me happy to know that Louisiana could pay $800,000. That means that the state is doing a lot better. They're expecting to get that back. I hope yeah, so. Tenfold. Yeah, tenfold, yeah. yeah. They have a huge tourism budget, too, so they're not afraid to spend it. I don't know if, if New Orleans spent that much. I just know that this city did, so yeah. it might be more or less for them. That's it. Cool. Thank you very much, John. Um, for my rapid fire, we have information up on the site about the uh, – Haunted Carriage Rides for 2008, no longer called the Haunted Hayride. It is now a carriage ride where you roam around the woods of Fort Wilderness. 
hearing The Legend of Sleepy Hollow. Rides can accommodate uh, four adults or two adults and up to three children, ages nine and under. Price is $60. We have uh, dates and times on the site. We'll have a link to that in the show notes page. And also, Wilderness Lodge Holiday Sleigh Rides for 2008 are announced. These are $60 also uh, for adults or two children, or two adults with three children, nine and under. This is a 25-minute sleigh ride that departs every 30 minutes from 5.30 to 9.30 p.m. So that's what I have. Taylor. Me? Okay. Beginning in October, the Chippendales Harvest Feast at the Garden Grill in Epcot will only be serving dinner. Really? Actually, a, a listener or, um, sent that to me to let me know. But I don't know why. But it's There's a lot of very strange changes. They're cutting back on they, they're cutting back on stuff. You know, times are tough when Chip and Dale aren't going to be around. Because <laughs> oh, no. they'll put them characters out in front of anything. <laughs> oh, like the mice from Cinderella. <laughs> But seriously, they're talking. You you mentioned it last week. Um, Fantasmic being cut back. Right. This now being cut back. What's the other thing we're hearing? Is Liberty uh, Tree Tavern. Liberty Tree Tavern is changing the way they do things. No it's longer. It's not going character. to be a character meal. Is it going to be better food? No, it's no. still still for turkey. All right. Well, if that the food there was just that was just one of the worst meals I've ever had in property. Was in there. It was awful. But yeah, no, they're cutting back on. On all this stuff now, we're starting to see. So, I think you know if you know we talk about how uh, you know it's not impacting Disney so far. Maybe in those areas, that's where we are seeing it. That's what they're Our going anticipation to keep. of it. Yeah, an expectation of it. Sure. So, thank you very much for that, Taylor. Appreciate it, Corey. Uh, my rapid fire is actually the same as Julie, so I'll let her do it. <laughs> yeah, we chose the same thing accidentally. So. Yeah. We just wanted to let everyone know that we are going to have a baby. Yay! We are 16 weeks along. I'm both very excited. I'm going to cry. Congratulations. Every time I talk about it, I cry. It's just, it's very happy time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's been tough to hold it from everybody for so long. Yeah, we knew for a while. And it's every time something was being talked about, it's like, I gotta, can't say you can't say <laughs> Don't nothing. talk about... There was one listener that uh, that left the voicemail in early June. Yep. Uh, Michelle is her name. I think she should pick a number. She she picked up on uh, something John said. About the rose water that, that was on their fruit. He's like, well, I don't think Julie should smell this. It'll and make her sick. Later on, I'm yeah. like, Julie's very sensitive to smell. Is really sensitive. Yeah, but you've always been sensitive to smell, so I didn't think it was anything that was specific. But well, but that, that I'm an listener, idiot. What do I know? Michelle picked up on it. Um, pregnancy you know, thing. Like, I'm not sensitive to smells anymore. It's early. That that happens, but so Corey can wear cologne again. Yay! To put his, <laughs> his armpit on you and deodorant. <laughs> Yay! Yeah. This pregnancy is good for all of us. <laughs> we all benefit from this. Gosh, that is wonderful news. It we're is. Very it really is wonderful news. We've all been so excited, so very very excited, and we're really uh, really glad. And we're we should apologize really to Michelle for completely ignoring her. We had to. <laughs> we had to. <laughs> We didn't have a choice. Sorry. But it was funny because you know, I sent, a, I had forwarded that voicemail to everybody. Say nothing, nothing gets by these guys. Nothing. Yeah. But I remember saying somebody's going to pick up on it. She did. Yep. So we, sh- we should also take this opportunity to wish uh, Miss Julie a happy birthday. Yeah. Yay. Happy birthday. Happy, happy birthday. birthday, Julie. I'm happy the big birthday. two eight. <laughs> <laughs> now your timing is perfect, right? 
because you're going to have the baby before the cruise, before the podcast yes. cruise. Um, it, because it, we don't know what it is, um, will be approximately four months old. So you'll have 200 babysitters. Uh, <laughs> no, hands off the baby, please. <laughs> Corey's going to be charging $100 to take pictures. I'll come along if you want. Yeah, Taylor's going to be our babysitter. There you go. Okay. If we can convince mom and dad to let her miss school at the end of the school year. Yep. I'm actually Taylor's ride companion for her whole trip now because she, yeah. Julie can't go on most of the rides. Oh, that's right. Yeah, it, I mean, it, sometimes it really bites, but I could ride Soren, which was great, and we yeah. got to ride it twice at Epcot, so that was really Such fun. a great ride, yeah. too. How'd you do on uh, Toy Story Mania? We haven't got we haven't to Hollywood oh, Studios man. yet. Yeah, but you do want to do that, right? I've been trying yeah. to get all the do all the big rides like Everest and no. uh, Rock and Roller Coaster, Tower of Terror, and Summit. No. But I made a deal with her. I said, okay, if you don't do Everest, I'm not going to do Splash Mountain. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you're mean. That is mean. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. <laughs> she still has a chance to do Tower of Terror. I think he though. just likes giving her a hard time, but yep. she's really good at giving it back. Good. <laughs> do, you like, do you like Big Thunder Mountain? Yes. So, Taylor, you're going to be an ant. I'm already an ant. Oh, you're going to be another ant. Yeah. You'll be two ants. Yeah. <laughs> she. How old were you? Let's see. Six when Caden was born. Yeah. She has two nephews and a niece. Wow. Well, four ants. <laughs> I was six years old when I uh, when my first nephew was born. So, and nobody at school believed me when I went to school. The next day, and said I was yeah. an uncle. No, you're not. No, you're not. Yeah. Well, she. You know, she was born. Uh, I turned seventeen two months after she was born. So. That's a pretty good amount of years between us. Mm-hmm. Even since we don't know what the baby is yet, she could be an aunt or an uncle. <laughs> oh, <Lord>. What? <laughs> oh, well, that's great. Great news. Yay, Thank you very so much for sharing that with everybody. Oh, I am showing a little bit, too. I have a little bump. She She's got a little baby bump. She does. We were comparing. We were comparing <laughs> stomachs earlier before the show. She My has the smallest is- baby bump at the table. Yeah. <laughs> John My Kevin. goal is to beat Pete towards the end, hopefully. I don't know, baby. <laughs> we'll have to have a measure off. I'm in my, I'm in my 40th trimester now. Yeah, I'm out. <laughs> I don't want to play. I'm at between me and Pete. <laughs> I'm going to give birth to a nine-year-old. So, all right, well, that will do it then for uh, Rapid Fire this week. And one other thing, Michelle, for guessing that Julie was pregnant, as we mentioned, go ahead and pick a number. Get a shot at the prize, Matron. All right, we're going to move on to our next segment. Uh, Julie and Taylor went and did a high tea over at the Grand Floridian. We get asked about this an awful lot about the uh, tea over there. So why don't you guys tell me uh, how it went? Well, we had a reservation for 2.10 p.m. on Monday, um, last Monday. (laughs) Uh, It's actually called Afternoon Tea at the Garden View Lounge. Now, when we got there, you know, she's never been to the Grand Floridian, so, you know, it's a pretty awesome-looking resort. So I was giving her a little history about it, telling her that it's modeled after the Hotel Del Coronado in San Diego, and a little history on that. And she was pretty impressed that I knew all that, I think. <laughs> <laughs> but um, we entered. We checked in with the hostess. We got there 15 minutes prior to our reservation, like they told us. They were very nice, very friendly and warm and smiling, both the hostess and the lady who seated us. And then once we sat down, um, you know, it was already set up with a nice little tea setting. You had your plate and your cup. And then what was that? The little tea strainer thing, which you thought was really neat. Remember they would use it? They would use it. They would put it over your teacup before they poured your tea so that if you had any little extras in the tea, it wouldn't go into your cup. And also had a little container of sugar cubes. 
I don't think she'd ever seen sugar cubes before. I have, oh, yeah. Okay. It, they look weird. <laughs> <laughs> but she liked those. Um, it was, you know, white china with the gold rim and, like, big pink roses all over it. So it was your traditional, in my opinion, traditional English tea set. Our server was named Patricia. She was super nice. She was very attentive to what we needed. Asked if it was our first time. We told her yes. So she went over the menu with us and explained the different tea selections that they have. Um, they have custom blends, which are made exclusively for the Garden View Tea Room. Then they have herbal infusions, which are naturally caffeine-free, which I chose, and so did Taylor. <laughs> she actually had the... Vanilla. Yeah, the vanilla. vanilla. How do you... I don't know how to say this word. Rubos? Ruibios? <laughs> Well, it's R-O-O-I-B-O-S. Where's Bob when we need it? <laughs> I'm guessing it's rooibos. Rooibos? Okay. I'm guessing. I had no idea. It's a rich, full-bodied, creamy vanilla finished tea. We thought something a little less, you know, robust or too kind of weird for her. And then I chose the Nobo Whole Fruit, which was excellent, and it was pink, of all things. <laughs> and it was served in a pressed teapot, both of them. Mine was a full-bodied and rich tea it had a blend of wild strawberries blackberries apples rose hips all this great stuff in it i think i almost drank the whole pot yeah. <laughs> probably then, like a gallon <laughs> and then i had to go to the bathroom like four times afterwards. and you had to do perfectly perfectly perfect pee <laughs> um hers was a little bit sweet i tasted it we probably could have shared because they gave us two huge press pots you know one for each of us she actually ended up having a glass of ice water with her tea. And then they also offer some white and green teas, black and black teas. And these are five ninety five per person. It's really not bad. If you do the herbal infusion, you get the press pot. Any of the other ones, you get a normal ceramic teapot. And they cover it with um, a velvet case to keep it warm. A tea cozy. Yeah, it's really <laughs> cute. <laughs> Not that I have any. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> Come on, you have a tea cozy collection, don't you? I don't. No cozies. Well, I'm a big tea drinker. I love tea. My mom, she always drank hot tea instead of coffee, so that's what I grew up drinking once. You know, I was allowed to have, I guess, caffeinated drinks. <laughs> and then she explained their tea offerings that they have, which are, you know, several courses of different types of food. They have the Grand Tea, the Prince Edward's Tea, the Buckingham Palace, a Sally Luna Tea, and then Mrs. Potts, which is for the younger tea lover in your party. Now, we both chose the Buckingham Palace, which is nineteen fifty per guest, and they range anywhere from ten fifty all the way up to twenty five fifty in price. Now, in the Buckingham Palace, you get traditional tea sandwiches, scones and jam tarts, and then you have a choice of either strawberries and cream or a selection of freshly baked pastries at the end. And then, obviously, it's served with your choice of tea. Now, once we chose our food selection and the first course came out, we had no idea that it was going to be so much food. You know, three courses is a good bit, and they serve five, five sandwiches. Yeah. And then um, wow, really? Five, and they're the little uh, like triangles. triangles. Yeah. Um, you want to tell them what we had? Uh, cucumber and what? Watercress. Um, egg salad, shrimp salad, chicken salad, and pear and. Gorgonzola. 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 <laughs> With Good an job. onion tartlet on the side. The onion tartlet was cold. It wasn't warm. So I think I would have enjoyed it a little more if it had been warm. My favorite was the pear and gorgonzola. And mine was the shrimp. Yeah, salad. she really liked the yeah. shrimp salad. She was trying to save it for last. <laughs> 
So um, what did you get? You get like, like one each yeah. on a plate? Yep, five mm-hmm. little sandwiches, and then your tartlets right there, too. Oh, wow. Are they whole sandwiches, or are you like half a sandwich? No, they're little triangles. Yeah. Like, uh, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, party sandwiches? Yeah. yeah uh, you have finger sandwiches? Word. Yeah. Yeah. Word. Yeah, kind of like finger sandwiches. But there's, there's no, no word crust on them at all. It's just the bread. And the breads are all different. Like uh, one was like a marble rye. One was like a, gr- a whole grain. You could see the little grains in them. Mm-hmm. Um, one was wheat because it was brown. See, but I always like whenever we did high tea at Palo, I'd like want like three and four of each sandwich. <laughs> Keep bringing them. <laughs> I used to pile them all up and squish them together. <laughs> well, you know, we do enjoy eating, but I mean, it was, it's a lot of food. You wouldn't think by looking at it, oh, it's five little sandwiches. It's it a filled, lot. It filled you up. Yeah. yeah we Didn't you eat before you went too? Because yeah. I didn't know. I didn't know. You think it's ex- tea? You yeah. Think you're have mm-hmm. a couple little cookies and tea, and you're gonna be hungry. That's exactly what I thought. Yeah. So I'm thinking I'm I'll be starving afterwards, and we'll have to go eat somewhere else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, that was okay. That was um, the cucumber and watercress. The cucumber was great. I had to kind of take the watercress off. It was. I like the strong. bread on that one. Yeah, it was really good. And then for our second course. We had the white raisin scone and a raspberry tart, and they served the scone with a sweet butter and raspberry preserve on the side. She ate the whole scone. Yeah. <laughs> she loved it. Wow. Um, and the white raisins I'd never seen before, but I guess basically, you know, it's just white grapes. And then for our last course, which was our favorite, both of us. The strawberries and cream. And they were fresh strawberries. Mm. Oh, they were so good. I could have eaten the whole thing, but I couldn't. Me neither. <laughs> uh, we thought it would be a little bit better than the freshly baked pastries. And we also saw two ladies next to us who had already had that third course. And we saw the strawberries and cream. And we wanted it. <laughs> yes, we did. <laughs> um, also, at the end of the tea, they presented each of us with a pink rose, which was very nice. <laughs> Were you going to say something? No. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> I was just thinking about the story. I know. We have a funny story to tell about the roses, which was, they were beautiful roses. And of course, um, you know, we carried them around with us because afterwards we went and toured the shops and kind of looked around the resort, walked around by the pool and stuff. Uh, she brought the check and it was forty one fifty four for both of us. That was before our tip, which I didn't think was bad at all. Um, it was over $50 after the tip. Our roses lived. Because we did some shopping afterwards. We had a water bottle in the car. So I told her, we'll put, it in the, put them in the water bottle, and they won't wilt while we're out doing what we want to do. I told her do. that was the redneck way. <laughs> <laughs> it was one of those public spring water bottles. <laughs> did you scoop the water out of the cement water and hole? Because that would really be the redneck way. Oh, so, you know, we got home, we put them in a little vase, and they stayed fresh, and they bloomed and opened. Uh, just about three days ago, they started to kind of droop and wilt and knew they were going to die. Well, I dry out flowers. I like to dry them out and keep them. So I'd hung them up in my blinds, upside down, you know, so they could dry out. And the next day, uh, Taylor comes into the living room. I guess it was about 4 o'clock in the afternoon, and she's mm-hmm. like... Those roses look like they were dying. She said, I put them back in the water. <laughs> I said, Taylor, I said, they were dying. I was trying to dry them out. <laughs> so that was, that was a lot of fun. Corey and I had a really good laugh yeah, at that. Funny. But overall, we had a really nice time. You want to talk, how did you like it? And I liked it. Yeah? Yeah. The tea was the only thing I think she was a little, because she doesn't drink a lot of tea. Not a big tea, uh, not a big tea drinker? No. No? Yeah. I don't know, and it's funny because I know at home, or when I was growing up, uh, 
Mama Gay always made tea, sweet tea, but she doesn't do that anymore, so Taylor hasn't grown up with it. Oh, I don't like it either. I've tried it Good before. to know now. <laughs> I've tried it. I don't like it, though. How many people were there? Was it crowded? I would say there were only maybe 10 people in the whole place. It wasn't crowded. Any boys there? There were two. some men there. <laughs> two, there were two men? Yeah. Two men. Yeah. Two men. Um, I actually have some information from two of our listeners that I want to share with other people. Um, it says, don't eat lunch before you go, <laughs> which I wish I would have known beforehand. Cause, because if you plan on having the full Buckingham Palace tea, it's a lot of food. If you do have lunch beforehand, she recommends the Sally Loon tea because it's much lighter and only two courses. Uh, many women do this alone. And this past June, she actually had gone with her one-year-old toddler in his stroller, and he slept through the whole tea. <laughs> so she had a nice time. And then um, she says, it's a quiet place. It's perfect for reading or napping. <laughs> and she was seated next to another woman dining alone where they began chatting and have a nice, had a nice time. And ADRs are required. I did make an ADR. I would suggest it. It is getting more popular, even though it wasn't a full house when we were there. You know, you don't want to risk not being able to get in if you really want to. Well, I've always been surprised by the number of requests and comments and questions we get about it and feedback. It's, um, I, I was surprised that that many people were interested. It sounds like a lot of food. What was the step up from what you had? What else oh, do you get? The step up from that would have been the Prince Edward's tea. But that's a, it's different. It's more English. It's um, an array of duck and cherry terrine. You get chicken and pork roulade. Mm. Country wow. pate and croute. Am I saying all this right? And English blue, stil- blue stilton. <laughs> uh, the king of English cheeses. And then you get marinated fresh berries. Uh, shahini, uh, great tuna. <laughs> a Cumberland sauce. And then you also get the fresh baked scones served with Devonshire cream. And then your choice of tea. And also um, a glass of port wine. And then the grand tea, which is the biggest one and the most expensive, you get the traditional afternoon tea where you get the sandwiches, the scones, and jam tarts. Then you get your freshly baked tea pastries or English trifle accompanied by a glass of sparkling wine and your choice of tea. And since I can't have the wine, we didn't get that one. (laughs) I was just wondering what they added to make it more expensive. I didn't think about adding Um, champagne. But if if you're a child and you're doing the grand tea, they offer um, cider instead of wine. Do you know if they take the Disney Dining Experience card? Don't know. I don't have one of those. <laughs> do, they have, do they have Long Island iced tea? No. <laughs> Darn. Alky. Do they have sun tea? <laughs> now, what was the um, uh, the dress code? What was the, you know? You know, we I wore a dress. She wore a dress. I mean, you know, not summer dress. Fancy. Not like fancy. Did yet. you have people there, though, in, you know, resort um, garb? The ladies next to us, there was no one there in, like, shorts and tank top. Okay. Yeah, that's what you I'm... You know, it was where, a little was better than that, you know. But don't feel like you have to, like, get up in your Sunday best or something. But it is the Grand Floridian, so you... I mean, I know just... If I'm just walking through there in shorts and a t-shirt, I feel so self-conscious. I would have felt weird if we had worn like tank tops. So what do you do? You like get naked before you go into that? Yes. Yes. That's why I've been asked not to come back. (laughs) Please come. He puts on his sundress. I do. I put on my sundress and my floppy hat. I want to mention that Mayor from New York City also says that um, you can purchase the the Grand Floridian Garden View Tea Blend at the tea room. It comes in a really large can and makes a great souvenir. So that's an idea for, for people. Like John said, afternoon tea at the Grand Floridian is a non-Disney experience, but a Grand Floridian experience not to be missed. Now, Taylor, if you had it to do over again, would you want to do it again? I guess, yeah. 
Okay. I think next time we would not do any tea for her. And she could have, they also offer chocolate milk. Mm hmm. And ice water, whatever she wanted to have. Could you have switched yeah. off in the middle? If a kid got tea, do you think you'd feel uncomfortable saying, the kid doesn't like the tea, let me have something else? No, I mean, I could have said that. But she didn't really tell me that she really didn't like it until towards the end. Until today. <laughs> <laughs> you just found out. Oh. I mean, it was okay. Wasn't it was just the best. Yeah, you also don't really... know until you try stuff, right? You gotta yeah. try it to find out if you like it. So It was a lot sweeter than I thought it would be. For sure. Mm. Because I tasted it after she was like, it's a little, it's sweet, you know. And I could really, really taste that vanilla flavor. Mm. For sure. Mine was excellent. So you recommend it? Oh, for sure. Especially, I mean, I would go back by myself. I would. Um, I would take, uh, maybe I'll take Anna the next time I go. You know, we could have, that would be nice for us to do. Mm-hmm. Cool. It sounds like a nice experience. It sounds it like really a nice was. afternoon, yeah. It really was. Mm-hmm. We had a nice time. It was super hot, though, walking around afterwards. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, property was crazy. It's just, it's just crazy. Mm-hmm. I want to let you know, um, we were walking around Epcot, just she and I had gone to Epcot, and I asked her, I said, you know, when you get college age, do you think you'll want to do the college program and come and, you know, live for a semester? I was like, you can live with us. You can live, you know, in the Disney housing. And what did you say to me? I want to do what you do. <laughs> Uh-oh. Yeah. Uh-oh, your so sister's like, aiming for your job. Pretty much. But, you know, she gets to experience and see exactly what we do. And, you know, she's helping do the research and then reporting on it. So she sees that it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Even if it is work. Yeah. That's the best kind of work, the fun kind. Mm-hmm. Well, great. Well, thanks for, uh, very much, uh, Taylor and Julie, for that. I know that uh, we have a lot of listeners that have been really wanting to hear about this, so we appreciate the review. With that, we are going to move on to our next segment, uh, Disney Cruise Line, for our Christmas in July segment on Disney Cruise Line. And uh, I'm hoping you have some research there, John. I do. Um, We have traveled, Kevin and I have traveled on the Disney Cruise Line uh, when it was decorated for Christmas, so we have some experience personal experience again i've said this several times now i know i'm a broken record this is not a park experience you're not going to find scheduled events you're not going to find this day this time they're going to do x y and z however disney cruise line will not um disappoint when it comes to christmas they are going to decorate they are going to do a lot of special stuff and make sure that you and your family have a great time um what I did was I asked our agents once again to share their experiences for when they were uh, on Disney Cruise Line for the Christmas season. And here are some of the things that I've gotten back from them, some of their feedback. From Sue Ellen. In the Christmas terminal, beginning around the second week of November, they decorate the lobby with the Christmas tree and garland. Now, some, one of the things that, that Kevin and I remember is they put giant Mickey hands up above... On the columns. On the columns. And these are huge, huge Mickey hands. And from them are giant Christmas ornaments dangling from them. I was fascinated with this. I thought that was cool. It's not the Christmas terminal, though. It's the cruise terminal. What did I say? Christmas terminal? In the Christmas terminal. At Christmas time, it becomes the cruise terminal. Okay. (laughs) I don't know what I'm talking about. Then on the magic. It's a a shame to watch what happens to their minds as they get older. (laughs) Really is. That's because I didn't stretch before the show. (laughs) (laughs) Then on the magic, usually the second week of November, they'll put up the tree in the main atrium. It's usually up and ready during the turnover of the ship when you're on board. They then begin the gingerbread house in the lobby by the, by the steps that lead up to shutters. Uh, it usually takes the whole week to work on, and they have it all ready for the next sailing. 
the week before of Thanksgiving generally. The smell of gingerbread ha- the smell of the gingerbread house going up is amazing on the ship. Little touches go up in the ship during the week as they prepare for the Thanksgiving sailing. And then Tammy tells us she was actually on the 10-night Christmas cruise in 2006. And she says that um, the decorations in the port and the ship were up for all those cruises. It's um, Castaway Key was also decorated in a very tropical slash Christmassy theme. There was a special Christmas Eve dinner menu, which was a very traditional offering. The mood was not holiday overkill, as she puts it, on the Christmas cruise. I expected it would be, but was pleasantly surprised that it wasn't. The only time it was particularly evident was Christmas Eve. Mrs. Claus was in the atrium for last-minute visits, and children received a Winnie the Pooh pillow. There was a telling of Twas the Night Before Christmas that evening in the atrium as well. And Tammy actually went so far as uh, brought her own Christmas tree. She bought one of those small, illuminated Christmas trees. Six foot. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Douglas spur. <laughs> With the ball on the bottom. Get the replant. <laughs> And she brought her own Christmas ornaments, and her son Chris was with them, and she snuck some uh, presents on board and hid them under the tree and stuff. So you, you'll have to do some of those little extra things to make your cabin special, but the ship itself is really done well, and it, you won't be disappointed in anything Disney Cruise Line does for Christmas. I want to go. Yeah, we fun. actually went on a Thanksgiving cruise. The first cruise I ever went on was at Thanksgiving time. And they had a Thanksgiving menu for uh, Thursday, the Thursday of Thanksgiving. And you had your choice of a regular menu or the Thanksgiving menu. And the Christmas decorations were up. And I agree. It's not holiday overload. Everything is not aimed at the holiday. It's not every inch is not decorated. So it's it's very classy, classy. Oh, my goodness. It's done You're having, a hard, time having today. a hard time today. <laughs> it's done in a very classy way, and it's very subtle. As long as we're doing this, can we? You mentioned her sneaking Christmas presents on board. I think it's mainly sneaking him, not hiding him from the children. Right, right. But what I'm suggesting is that we might say that Santa visits the ship can visit the ship too, as long as mom and dad let him know or something like that. You I go just, right in and say whatever you want. <laughs> 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 the other thing is they there are not a lot of scheduled activities but on certain nights christmas carolers will come out this is not something that you can plan on it's more of a sort of just might happen kind mm-hmm. of a thing so there they do do they do do <laughs> they do have holiday touches throughout the week of christmas and you'll definitely see uh, that theme is brought over onto Castaway Key, which is very cool. Mm. So it does, it's, there's definitely no um, – it's not like a shock. It's not like everywhere else is Christmas and it's not Christmas on the Disney Cruise Line. Right. It's Christmas on the Disney Cruise Line for sure. Yeah, and there isn't too much to really talk about. Like you said, there's not a lot of scheduled events, but they always do something special. I also understand that several of that, that the ports – will be decorated. Certain areas of ports will be decorated. I've asked other people, and they said, yes, Christmas decorations were up in the different ports where they went. Now, let's talk a little bit about, uh, since this is our last week of Christmas in July, I'd like to kind of get everybody's, uh, you know, your top three don't miss Christmas attractions, theme parks here, cruise line, around Orlando, Disneyland, 
anything we've talked about, what would you say your top three don't miss attractions would be for Christmas? You know, the biggies are always big. I mean, don't miss candlelight. Don't miss uh, the party uh, to Magic Kingdom. But I also am a big, big proponent. I say it every time we talk about it is celebration. I love what they do at celebration. It's not. It's not something you're going to find in a lot of places. They really go crazy. Mm-hmm. Snowing on the on Main Street, carriage rides, uh, carolers. It really has that charm, that Christmas charm to it. In an effort to not repeat what John said, I'll pick a different three. I would say the arch between Future World and the World Showcase and the Christmas tree at Epcot is one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. I would say the all of downtown Disney. And I would say visiting the hotels of the lobbies of the hotels, especially the deluxe hotels, taking a couple hours and just going around to see what the different deluxe hotels do. Right. Um, I have Osborne, definitely. See Osborne Lights, uh, the Grand Floridian um, specifically, or Wilderness Lodge, and uh, Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party, for sure. Those are my three. The resorts are, you can't miss the deluxe resorts. No, you can't. I have more specifically like things to do at Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party. Mm-hmm. Do not miss Twas the Night Before Christmas. Right. And do not miss the lighting of the castle and the Christmas wishes. Mm-hmm. And I'd also say Osborne. I really like that. Yeah. I enjoy it. Yeah, I, I agree. Osborne lights, uh, the candlelight processional, going around to the different resorts. It's one of my favorite things to do is to go around to the resorts. You know, it's something really that doesn't cost anything. And is just it can be a really really nice evening. It's relaxing too because you don't have to wait for a line. You no, just it, it is your time. You can make it as non hectic as right. you want. Exactly. It's funny because I was talking to Taylor last week about what they do around the parks and the resorts and things for Christmas. I was telling her about the giant gingerbread house at Grand Floridian, and she's never had a chance to visit here during Christmas time. And I really want her to because it's such a different experience. I mean, it's it's so much more fun in my opinion. Um, during Christmas time. Oh, it is. It's 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 great. It's great. Starting from starting from Halloween on, a lot of a lot of neat stuff. Because she'll, she's not going to get to do these parties. Like the Halloween party would be great because then I have an excuse to dress up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, from and 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 out in Disneyland too. I don't want to overlook this. Um, as we talked about last week, uh, Nightmare Before uh, the Nightmare Before Christmas overlay on the Haunted Mansion is out of this world. Mm-hmm. Uh, the holiday overlay for Small World, Out of This World, and those fireworks, those holiday fireworks. And the Small World ride-through and the fireworks, we do have up both on YouTube and on our our video. Edition. Yeah. Edition, video I channel. I we saw some Christmas stuff when we were there. It was November. Yep. Yep, we got a lot of We, we a have a link video. to that feed on the main, uh, the main podcast page. It's on the left-hand side under all the other links. So... My tip for the best Christmas would be to bring as much patience as you can. It will be crowded if you're here that week. And take some of our advice to see some of the stuff that's not absolutely in the park. Or if you are in the park, take some time to notice the details as opposed to trying to go commando and rush from ride to ride to ride, which is just going to lead to frustration Mm. at one of the busiest times of the year. It's one of those times to see the to to soak up the atmosphere. Now, let's say someone's going to be here on Christmas Day or Christmas Eve. Where would you recommend, Kevin, uh, that they go for dinner? 
If you're looking for a traditional Christmas dinner, I would suggest you eat off property. Uh, there are not a lot of places on Disney property that offer what I consider to be the traditional Christmas turkey dinner. There are places like, um, I, I apologize, I've drawn a blank. There's the restaurant in Celebration Hotel that has a buffet. All of the big hotels and convention centers around Orlando, we go to the Rosen uh, Plaza on International Drive. On International Drive. It, uh, you can find a buffet. There's actually one at the Rosen Plaza and at the Rosen Center. And I'm not pushing those on anybody. However, that's where John and my, I and my family go for holiday dinners so that no one has to cook. This way, everybody gets to go out and eat and enjoy themselves. And then we go do something fun. Right. So no one's stuck cooking or anybody's stuck cleaning up. You're talking about a $30 a person. It's going to be much easier to get a reservation at some place like that off property. If you're looking for that, if you're looking for on property, I would say change your expectations and just decide you're going to have a, a good meal somewhere and try not to look for a holiday kind of atmosphere because you might be a little disappointed. We've told the story about going to Las Vegas yeah. and trying to recreate Thanksgiving. And what we actually found was just go have a nice meal at a nice restaurant right. and get let go of that. So those would be my suggestions. Now, what what would – yeah, Julie. I want to say that Christmas shopping year-round at Walt Disney World, that is one of the most awesome things about those the Christ, the Christmas stores, yeah. You've They're got always one. open. So if you can't come during Christmas, you can always get your Christmas decorations, your stockings, your tree skirts, whatever you want. Yeah, because you've got the Christmas store in downtown Disney. And, and you've then got the old one, Christmas shop at Magic Kingdom. Magic Kingdom, <laughs> one of my favorites. Now, what um, what about outside the theme parks in, in Orlando? Uh, John had mentioned Celebration. Anything else uh, around Orlando that you guys would say, this is a good thing to do at Christmas? I don't really have a list of other things that I've done personally. I do have a list of other stuff that's going on that I want to make sure people are aware of that. It's not just Disney in Florida that does Christmas. Everybody will do Christmas, and everybody is going to try to get your uh, vacation dollars one way or another. Except Morocco. <laughs> well, that's in <laughs> Disney. Chris, uh, there's Christmas at SeaWorld, um, and they'll decorate the parks. and They stick a Christmas tree on top of Shamu. There's a blowhole. They can swim around with the Christmas tree. <laughs> and there's special Yuletide shows and live holiday music. Um, Cypress Gardens does an old-fashioned Christmas. And again, they decorate and try to sort of bring the Christmas spirit in. Silver Springs every year does their Festival of Lights. Um, there's millions of sparkling lights in a maze of illuminated gardens, twinkling topiaries, and dozens of animated holiday scenes. St. Augustine also does their uh, Nights of Lights. St. Augustine is the oldest city in Florida and becomes a magical city with a grand holiday celebration of lights. And that's about a 90-minute drive door-to-door um, from Disney property to St. Augustine. Figure Not about bad. It really isn't a bad drive. Some incredible shopping up there, some great history, wonderful restaurants, and it's a nice, straight 90-minute drive right up, by, uh, right up 95. One of the things that we were really impressed with last year was uh, the mall at Millennia had a spectacular Christmas display. Yeah, it's a great mall. Uh, it's not only a great mall, but as far as mall decorations, this was top notch. They go above and beyond. They it really was, do. It was a fantasy Christmas as opposed to a traditional Christmas. It was very whimsical and just really spectacular. We were surprised at how 
Well, it was done. John, I don't know if you have this on your um, your sheet, but Universal, you know, they do a lot of stuff too with the Macy's Holiday Parade. I was going to get to that. Yeah. Yeah. The other small thing I wanted to mention too is that we have a town here called Christmas, Florida. <laughs> it's actually a Fort Christmas is the is the full name of it, and it's a, it's a historical site. But it's also someplace that's very popular because people will go and have their cards and letters postmarked from Christmas, Florida. So that's something else you can Don't do. Don't blink as well. when you're driving or you'll miss it. It's yeah. tiny. It is very tiny. But and it's unless a you are hard pressed to have your Christmas card say mailed from Christmas, Florida, this isn't. It's not worth it. No. <laughs> I'm telling I you mean, right you now. would have to be desperate to have that done. And yeah. I'm just hoping you that. You think, oh, floor- Christmas, Florida, it's going to be. It's not cute. And it's basically a wide <laughs> spot in the road. Yeah. It's just the Christmas Florida tourism lobby is now going to come after you. Both of them. <laughs> now, uh, as Corey mentioned also uh, regarding Universal, uh, the, uh, the Grinchmas, uh, the Grinchmas events and the Macy's Day Parade uh, are both very much worth, worth going to check out. And as far as a, a place to have a holiday meal, we had our Christmas dinner at Mama Della's. Our family Christmas dinner at Mama Della's over at the Portofino Bay last year, and I got to tell you, I mean they had a they had a special menu for Christmas, and it was out of this world, as pretty much every meal I've ever eaten there has been. So uh, that's a great place to go for a holiday dinner as well. It's a really nice, nice environment, really good food. They don't rush you through your meal. Um, you're going to pay. It's not exactly cheap, but neither is most of the places. On property, but we tried to go there one day. We thought they would be open early on Father's Day, sort of like people open special hours for Mother's no, Day. Four o'clock, and we were there four earlier in the afternoon, and they just weren't open. Yeah, four. It's it's either four or five o'clock. It was five. Yeah, uh, we mentioned this before. Gaylord Palms has ice, which is a tremendous display. And oh, something yeah. that's a, a draw. Can't miss ice. They also decorate their lobby, well, you know, the whole atrium really nicely. Yeah, they do. Very well. International Drive does a light display, so if you're driving down International Drive, there are Christmas lights all over. I also wanted to mention that within Gaylord Palms, there are several restaurants that you might want to, if you're going to take the day and, day and go over there and experience ice, you might want to go over there and see, check out their restaurants. I'm going to talk about Bob for a minute. Bob's favorite restaurant in all of Orlando was in International, or was in Gaylord Palms. Villa de in Flora. Villa de Flora. And it's a buffet. And I actually have a prop from there. <laughs> I'm sure he does. It is one of his favorite places of all time, and it is a spectacular buffet. It really I, is. I apologize. I don't have prices on it. I didn't know I was going to talk about this, so I don't have a lot of information. But we've eaten there several times and never, ever, ever been disappointed. I believe the lunch buffet was like twenty four ninety five, and this is not and this is not like uh, cheesy food. No, no. we're talking. Yeah. I mean, it was great food. I mean, we took Teresa over there a few weeks ago. Um, we had a great, great lunch. I like how the restaurant is uh, Mediterranean themed, mm-hmm. and every yeah. night of the week or a few nights of the week, they change it up from you know Spanish food to Italian to French. It's really great. Greek. Also, there's there's an actual restaurant portion, but then there's what they call like their um, patio or their courtyard. So you're actually eating out in the Gaylord Palms atrium. And we've talked enough about that to tell you how spectacular that is yeah, all by really. itself. But yeah, absolutely. Uh, Gaylord's a great place to check out. There's a lot. There's a lot to do, obviously, around uh, all around Orlando, all around Anaheim on the Disney Cruise Line. Before we finish, I just want to let people know one more time that the reason we haven't been specific as to what time, what dates are 
especially off property, people haven't really released that information yet. We, there's, you know, because we're six months out, there's not a lot of concrete information out there on right. dates and times and things like that other than Disney. But, of course, as as those things come up, we do add them to the site. And uh, we always, especially as it starts getting into the holiday holiday time frame, we, uh, we push that content a lot. So you can always find it on the homepage. You can always find a link from the podcast page, podcast.wdwinfo.com. And that is going to do it for our Christmas in July series for this week and, for that matter, for 2008. We'll do it again next year. Maybe we'll talk about Christmas in December. Maybe. We'll talk about summer in December. That's right. We'll do. <laughs> we'll do celebrate July and December. But uh, before we go and wrap up the show, we do have some prizes to give away. I'm really hoping that the second podcast cruise that I want to give away this month we give that away to somebody this week. If Let's not, we're going to keep we're going to keep trying until we give it away. It's the last podcast cruise to give away. <laughs> this he month. just went spontaneously deaf. <laughs> His lips were moving, but all I heard was blah blah blah. blah. <laughs> all right, Julie, who's our first? The winner? first is uh, Cathal Foner. I don't know if I'm saying that correct. Sorry if I mispronounced it. Number seventeen. Number seventeen. You have won Keys to the Kingdom Tour for two. You and a guest will take a behind-the-scenes look at the Magic Kingdom. It includes lunch at the Columbia Harbor House. All participants must be 16 years of age or older, and the approximate value of this prize is $120. Congratulations, and thanks for listening. Cool? Congratulations. Very cool. Next, we have Brent Stump, and 22 is his number. You have won three days, two nights at the Sheridan Vistana in Lake Buena Vista. Yay! The value of this Yay. prize is $250. Thanks for listening, and congratulations. That's a nice little add-on to somebody's vacation. Really nice. Next, we have William Hodling. Okay. Okay, don't crucify me. <laughs> Some of these last names are hard this week. Uh, number seven. You have won a seven-day Disney Park Hopper Pass wow. with an approximate value of $233. Thank you for listening, and congratulations. No gift cards this week. No gift cards. Not yet. Let's see what happens. See, I know how, you, uh, how your prize starts with the Disney Cruise Line one. So you know. Well, you don't know that I haven't changed that. Oh, uh, okay. Oh. <laughs> well, those, those are the three. So. Okay. Well, we did not give away we did not give a podcast cruise away this week, so uh, I'll have to come up with uh, something else to uh, try and give it away. We tried, we tried our best to give it away in Christmas in July. Hanukkah in August. Do Hanukkah in August? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, guys, we're trying. We are trying. It's not we, like we're not trying. We got plenty of them in here trying to give it away. So I'm going to add two more, two or three more to the. Uh, you know what's funny is last week when I wasn't here and we had all those people that had chosen numbers, I knew. I don't know. How, I mean, you know, obviously I couldn't know, but I knew that one of those was the podcast cruise. I'm like, I can't, I'm not going to the show this week, and there's going to be a podcast cruise given away. So thank me, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Julie, don't you need to stay home next week? <laughs> yeah, they're all going to write to you now. Don't you have something to craft? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. All right, and that is going to do it. 
for our show this week. We hope you enjoyed it. And we will be back with you again next week with another edition of the Diz Unplug Roundtable. Have a great week, everyone. <laughs>